Hi, this is Ned Siegfried from Siegfried & Jensen. As proud sponsors of BeliefCast, we hope you are inspired by Todd's weekly podcasts, which contain so many courageous stories of recovery and personal growth. Remember, it's not what happened in the past that matters, it's what happens in the future. We invite you all to work hard and be optimistic about your future. Enjoy today's podcast. Welcome back, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Inspires Belief Cast. Thank you so much for tuning in and for believing in me and supporting this. It means the world to me. I also like to thank our sponsors, uh, Maureen Nutrition. The, they have a calm drink, which is the official drink of the Belief Cast now, which is really cool. Uh, Siegfried and Jensen, Wasatch Recovery, and Thread Wallets. You guys are the best. Thank you for trusting me and believing me. And then the music you heard at the beginning and the end of this podcast is by my good friend Paul Cardall. He's an award-winning pianist. He's got 25 million active listeners. The guy's amazing. And he's allowed me to use his music. So thank you so much, Paul. And today, uh, I'm sitting with three incredible human beings. People who I know um, have been through hell several times in their life and back. <laughs> and um, three people I really look up to. Um, we got Zeb Hasna, Trevor Butterfield, and Dustin Grigg. Three guys that uh, came through Wasatch Recovery. Um, it's been a while since they've been through this program. Um, no one maybe at that time gave them a chance. Um, thought there's no way they're going to make it. No way they're going to pull out of this lifestyle that they were living. Um, three of the roughest dudes I ever met initially in treatment. <laughs> um but yet three of the most incredible human beings that I know who have big hearts, they want to make a difference. Um, Dustin especially has been on me to, to do this podcast, and I love his, he doesn't give up, man. He's um, he made this happen today, so thank you, Dustin. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, let's just, we're just going to have a conversation today. Um, all four of us are in recovery. Uh, doing well in that regards, but we all have challenges still in our lives. We all still have stuff we're doing. All of you are doing some good stuff in your life that I want to hear about. But uh, let's talk about, uh, maybe we'll start with you, Trevor. Um, we first met, God, how long ago was that when you were here? Would have been um, 2014, so it's coming up on 10 years. Dude, crazy. Um, and tell us about a little bit about you. Let, let, let our listeners know what you're doing now. You've, you're married, you got kids, all that fun stuff. Yep. So I'm, uh, I'm married and I have two kids now. I have a five-year-old daughter and a almost two-year-old son. He'll be two, um, in January. Um, after going through treatment and, um, getting sober, I, I wanted to get into some form of giving back and I kind of bounced back and forth between working in the treatment industry. Um, and then I ended up going to barber school and opening my own barber shop out in Idaho, yeah. um, which gave me a sense of purpose and giving back in a different way than I was used to. Um, my wife and I decided to move back to Utah, um, a little over a year ago. And when we moved back, she and she works in the treatment industry as well. Um, and she had gotten back into working in the treatment industry and it, and it really reignited that flame in me and, and yeah. brought me back to working or wanting to work in treatment. Um, so for the last year and a half, I've been working back in the treatment field as well. Um, currently I do marketing and business development. So 
working with other treatment facilities um, throughout the state and some out of state and then working with clients and their families to get them into treatment. And who, who are you working for? I work for Wasatch Crest Treatment them a, Services. Give them a shout out. Yeah, yeah absolutely. A little shout out. Up in Heber, we have yeah. a male facility in Heber and a female facility in Park City. Right on. Very cool. Right on. So, Zeb, tell us a little bit about what you're doing and tell us when, when were you here last? Oh, so, I came <laughs> right put, after. Put the mic closer there. there I go. came right after Trevor in 14, too. Um, so, coming up on 10 years in August. Um, <laughs> awesome. I am not doing anything in like recovery wise for work. I work for the Garfs and I sell Hondas. Um, yeah. I actually bought a car from you. Yeah. <laughs> got a rare one, got a rare cord. I need another car. So yeah, I got you. Yeah, here you go. I'll plug myself on this. Uh, hit me up if you need a car. We got some recovery discounts going on. Awesome. But uh um I've been with Haley ten years as well too. So me and Haley met right before I came here and we've uh trucked through that whole situation too. Yeah. We yeah, I think we actually tried to break you guys up in the beginning. <laughs> yep, maybe. And, and not because we thought anything ill of her. It's just like, man, we wanted you to concentrate on you for a while, right? Yeah. But, yeah, um, shout out to Haley. I think the world over. And uh, she's a great person. Yeah, she is. She's been through hell with me, so and yeah. she stuck around. So. <laughs> right. And we actually did, we had our first, we had our first kid, um, Zia. She just turned one in November. And then we have another one on the way, so oh, yeah. we're excited about Congratulations. that. Congratulations, man! Congrats. Yeah, so wow, yeah, that's awesome. Okay, mm -hmm. Dustin, tell us a little bit about uh, when were you here last, and then just a little bit about what you're doing. So I came before Trevor in I don't know 2013, 2014, and then I came back with Trevor and Zeb. Yeah, um, yeah. but after getting out of treatment, I was still very lost didn't yeah. know what direction to go um so i just bounced around with jobs and met my wife who is you know my rock in this whole journey that we call life right now yeah, um right and she kind of pushed me to get into a trade that i always wanted to get into but i just just never did um which was working for the union and doing sheet metal um, okay. So now I work for a company called Unitech Manufacturing, um, and it's a five-year-long apprenticeship, which I'm on my fifth year right now. Nice. And by the time I get done, I'll journey out, and everything will be good. Right but on. yeah, it's it's good. I have a, a two-year-old daughter, and you know, being a dad, I'm sure everyone here can attest that being a dad is the greatest thing in the world. Yeah. Um, I always sure. knew that it would change my life. I just didn't know to what extent it would change. And it has just blown all my expectations out of the water, you know, yeah. for the better. Yeah, it's so true. When you have a kid, how your perspectives change. Oh, yeah. Almost like instantly. Yeah. You're like, oh, okay, uh, the stuff I was worrying about over here doesn't seem to matter so much anymore, right? Yeah, not so important. And then you, you get hit with the, all the other fears that come with having a kid, too, like, you just worried about them every two seconds. Yeah, you know, like, especially yeah. right after they're born. Mm -hmm. You know, if yeah. they have like a it's little like, cough, you don't yeah. know what it's to like do. You're never dating anyone. I'm oh, you. <laughs> yeah, I'm still saying that. Yeah, yeah. for yeah. sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, I had three girls, man, and I would be like, oh, I'd always think ahead like of the dating years. I'm like, oh, I don't know how I'm gonna handle that. You yeah. know, yep. we know how we are. Yeah, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Right, yep. and I'm like, holy cow. 
But again, it changes your perspective. It's like, wow, you know, the way we look at women, the way we treat them, all that means so much more. And it's different the moment you have a daughter. Or, I don't know. Just my life, my perspective changed in a hurry too. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I feel like people, if if you're in active addiction or in recovery, I feel like when you find out you're having a kid or after you have a kid, it really pushes you either to the edge and you completely relapse and lose everything you were for continuing your addiction or it brings you right to the other side and you never look back. Whoa. That's a good way to put it. Let's, let's talk about that for a second. Why, why? And I, I totally, we see it all the time, right? Yeah. Why does it, you know, why does it push someone to that edge where they say they just go blow up their life even more? Cause you think it would be the opposite. But that happens more often. There's a lot of stress we're... coming with knowing that you're going to have a kid, yeah. you know, and a lot of people just can't deal with that, you know. So it's easier for, especially when you're in active addiction, to, you know, forget about that stress and numb it. Yeah. Instead of running and towards they, it. And they probably think like, hey, I can barely take, take care of myself right now. How am I going to take care of another human being? Yeah, right. right. I can't yeah. even do me, let mm -hmm. alone someone else. Yeah. And you're already, if you're in active addiction, you already have low self-esteem and negative self-talk and all right. the stuff that comes with it. So when you're in that moment, it's like, well, how am I going to show up for this kid? How am I going to afford this kid? You know, what can I do to better myself right now? And I know for me, but, you know, part of my story is, is I got sober the day after I found out that my wife was pregnant, right? Mm -hmm. So we found out that she was pregnant and she was just barely along. And the next day I checked into treatment and got sober, you know, and I've never looked back. So I'm one of the lucky ones or one of the ones yeah. that put in the work yeah. to to be on the other side of the Because it's still work, even yeah. though you made the decision, okay, I'm going to, but you had to still put in a yeah. ton of work. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, kids are amazing, as you're saying, Dustin. Like how it just—they're the greatest thing that you can't even imagine until you have one, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, I, I tell my wife all the time because I just go up and I grab my daughter and I'm like, "Gosh, I love you so much," you know. <laughs> but like the love between a parent and a child is so—it's so different from any other love that you felt, you know, as a person, and at least to me. And, no, I'm sure. You 100%. know, it's yeah. like the most unconditional thing you can yeah. have in the world. Like, and it's like, you know, I can be so mad at you one second and then you just do something <laughs> cute and it's just like, gosh, I love you, man. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They, yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. And it helped me uh, understand my parents better too, you yeah. know, especially going through all the yes. addiction and everything else. Like being on the other side of the fence now, I'm like, wow. Um, sorry. Yeah, no, a lot of sorrys yeah, because dude, you that's look a back, humbling thought, you know? right? Yeah. It brought me and my parents a thousand times closer, and it really—I mean, the act of having a kid and being a grandparent, right? Obviously, does. But I completely flipped who I was as a person and understood it. Yeah, and here's the tough thought. <laughs> I mean, can you even imagine your kids putting you through no, what you no, put no, your parents no. through? Nope. Yeah. I mean, can you even imagine this thing you love so much could cause you so much pain at the time, you know? Yeah. And again, I know you guys, none of us purposely go out to hurt our parents, right. but man, like you said, it puts it in perspective in a hurry when you have your own and you go, wow, I w wouldn't want this kid to suffer. There's like, so much worry there, Yeah, you know? Mm -hmm. like, yeah. I don't know. You, you 
nailed it, Trevor, with yeah. about the parents. And I don't know, it just makes you look at things from a different angle, all different angles. And yeah. That's crazy. So <clears throat> each one of you guys are obviously, you know, doing well when it comes to being in re- recovery. I'd love to hear from you guys just like, what do you do to kind of keep yourself centered and keep yourself on track? I mean, giving back's a big thing. I know you guys are all about that, but what what are, what are some things you can maybe share with us that that you're doing that helps you to stay stay in line with your values and being there and being that example for your family, I guess. Love to hear your thoughts, any one of you, all of you. <laughs> um, for me, I guess, it's connection, right? You talk about it a lot. It's it's connecting with people who have what or or doing what you want to do or doing more than you want to do and who you want to be like. For me, it's it's been family, you know, mm-hmm. reconnecting with family and growing those relationships and spending time that I lost over my years of addiction with them, you know, making up for lost time. I think it's um, finding stuff that you're passionate about, whether it's hobbies or work or whatever else it is, but something you can kind of lose yourself in when you're in one of those moments and you're struggling and something that just brings you joy. You know, I think a lot, a lot of times people get their entire world wrapped up in addiction recovery, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think finding outlets to people who are not in, in recovery or people who haven't struggled with addiction, just to be able to to build those connections and kind of become quote unquote a normal member of society. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I agree with that. Connections powerful. Right. What do you guys think? Yeah. I'm with Trevor, like family, <clears throat> like having a daughter over the last year, just diving full force into that, trying to, you know, I grew up without a dad. I mean, my dad was around, but yeah. he was in prison most of my life. And I think I've, told myself over and over again I'm gonna be the father that I never had mm. and I kind of just dive full force into that um, wow. I'm not big in like doing a lot of stuff in recovery anymore like I was I've kind of found mentors in work and yeah, you know sure. kind of switched up people who were haven't even been in recovery um, but yeah no just like Trevor hit it on the head it's just family like making up for lost time the whole parent thing like I'm closer with my mom than I've been in a long time I see her probably every day because I live down the street and I just bring my daughter over to see her all the time. And even my stepdad, like I've connected with my stepdad more than we ever have since wow. we've had it, since we had Zia. Yeah. 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 I ran into your mom at the Pinners conference mm-hmm. and d- just when I mentioned, when we talked about you, she just teared up and just loves you so much. Right. That, right. Yeah. Yeah. That was all. Aw- that's awesome. Um, these two guys said it you know, family connections. Um, but I think also trying to surround myself with people who are going to lift me to a higher level of vibration Mm -hmm. or just that next level period. Um, you know, I think we've all kind of been in that circle of knowing that the people around us aren't obviously the best people to hang out with. And, especially after getting out of recovery and excluding myself from, you know, that negative energy and just the negative people that were around all of us, you know, looking on my hand, it's pretty much only one person that, you know, I hang out with now, which is my wife, you know, and it's just, you see people's true colors after 
getting out and you doing what's best for you and you know spending that time with the people that make you better day in and day out you know that's just how I want to keep moving forward it's just spending yeah. time with the people I love the most I love it I, I heard it once said that you're uh, you're never more fully alive than when you're connected love right it. yeah and and especially when it's again whether it's your wife or your mom or your dad or just family your kids I mean um you know my family we get together typically almost every Friday night and we we work out together and then we we get food together and we watch a movie together. I mean, the grandkids are there, everyone. I'm just like, man, this is, this is it. That's what it's all yeah. about. This is what it's, yeah. That's when I feel more, most fully alive in that moment is when I'm just hanging with them, yeah. right? And, and then even this, you know, even though we don't talk a lot all the time, but man, I, I feel like you're, you're my kids. Like, I hate to say that, I'm that much older than you guys. <laughs> I want to say I'm just one among you, but I mean, I really feel that way. Like, you're, like I, would, I would do anything for you guys. <clears throat> and that connection to me means the world. And I like what you said too, Trevor, about, you know, it's good to even break away a little bit from the recovery culture because I think sometimes people get almost addicted to that. 100%. And it's like... They haven't moved on, if you if you will. Not that you, not that we don't want to. That's the, a bad thing. Right. But if you're relying on that the rest of your time, sometimes that could be a negative. But so I appreciate what you said. It's like it's good to break out of that and get have other connections. And that's all. All three of you are doing that, mm -hmm. obviously, right? Which is really yeah. cool. Well, you, you taught us the way with rational recovery. <clears throat> it's just on yourself, right? Like, yeah. You see, like we saw for years, and we talk about it all the time. We had friends that would just were in AA like full force and they would relapse like five or six times because they were just around that environment where it's like you could just go back and start over the next day and no one kind of held you accountable there like yeah and then when you hold yourself accountable that's the most that you could ever give yourself yeah like, yeah at the end of the day it comes down to the individual but when we do that obviously having the community helps as well but yeah, I, I totally agree. And I really yeah. do. I wasn't trying to shit on AA. I no, I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like a perspective. But yeah. yeah. Sorry, AA. Don't, don't worry. Um, so I, I want to share a quote with you guys and want to hear your thoughts. Okay. We're just going to go for it here. Um, I was listening to Chris Williamson's podcast. And this guy's amazing. And he shared this quote. And I think the quote's by, and I hope I, I'm going to butcher this name. It's Dippin'. Parmar, <laughs> but the quote goes like this, the magic you're looking for is in the work you're avoiding. It's doing things you don't want to oh. do. So you'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Like, isn't that powerful though? The magic you're looking for is in the work you're avoiding. What do you guys think of that? I mean, <laughs> I think it was you that always told me, you know, you can do tough things you can do hard things mm -hmm. and you always said a quote and i'm gonna butcher it too but it was something about you get up to the fence and on the other side is greatness whatever whatever what that quote you remember that quote yeah, that you uh -huh. used to say yeah and i think it's all tied in it's like all all the all the stuff that you're avoiding whether it's work or relationships or mending things you're living in a stagnant area you know if you're working through those things you know it creates the magic right yeah yeah right absolutely usually the hardest things are always the ones that are worth doing like yep and we've been through it all we've done one of the hardest things you could ever do like 
getting clean. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I try to apply that like when I'm struggling. It's like, come on, dude. Like this is easy compared to what you've been through and you still can't get over the hump. Like you've done way harder things than this. Like Yeah. I love that you said that because I think we we almost like you guys overcoming addiction and the things you've been through. Like you, you see on social media people running a hundred miles and you know, doing ten thousand push ups and <laughs> And crazy stuff. David and every, Goggins. Yeah. But, but <laughs> Shout yeah, out okay, David let's Goggins. Look at Goggins. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I love Goggins. But at the same time, what you guys have done is no less um, a triumph than what he's doing. Yeah, it's just yeah. different. But it's different. But I think sometimes we don't equate those together. What you guys have done is unbelievable. I think we don't give ourselves enough credit. Yeah. I, I know personally I don't give myself enough credit. You know, my wife always tells me you got to start giving yourself more credit because I personally just don't think I've done enough. And I look in, yeah. look at myself every day in the mirror and, yeah. you know, I just always feel like there's more to be done. And I don't know where that's coming from. Um, I don't know if it's still me just trying to, like, do something like this, give back or go speak or just, I don't know, do something. But yeah. I just think personally, with everything that we have all gone through, it's it's time to you know take some credit for ourselves and be yeah. proud of where we have gotten to yeah. you know because you know nine times out of ten we're not going to make it yeah so true oh, I we, feel, oh sorry go, no, ahead. go ahead no go ahead. I, I just feel like when you're in your first couple years of recovery or whatever it's really easy to remember all the stuff that you've been through because mostly you're still mending the fences right yeah but when you're this far down the road it's it almost seems like another lifetime for me. Yeah, I don't it's know hard about to, you it's guys. Hard to get lost in that. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't know. I think it was cuz my wife Amanda's in recovery too. Um we actually have the same day that we got sober, but um it was probably around year 3 or 4 and nobody called or texted or said congratulations on hitting 4 years or whatever it yeah. was. And she was butthurt about it, right? <laughs> and I was like, what's the issue? And she was like, well, I just thought someone would acknowledge it. And I was like, they don't need to anymore. You know, we've, we've made it here this far. People don't view us as that person anymore. Yeah. Right. Like it's not an addict and Trevor are not attached together anymore. Now it's just Trevor. Ooh, I love that. Yeah. And it's so true though, because before it was your identity. A hundred percent. It's like, oh, here's the. Here's the junkies. Yep. You know, here's what, oh, oh, you made it uh, 30 days without putting poison in your body. Congratulations. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I Good always, for you. I always hated yep. the analogy, you know, once an addict, always an addict. Yeah. Thank you. You know, it's like, yeah. it's like, no, that's not, that's not true. Nope. You know, because you can be doing so much good in this life and you are, Trevor said it right. You know, you are no longer attached to yeah. this, you know, being yeah. that everyone yeah. sees you as. Yeah, I love. I had a client sitting right here. Uh, this is past week, and and I I looked at her. I go, Hey, are you are you an addict? She goes, Oh yeah. And I go, Oh, did you use today? No. Did you use yesterday? No. The day before? No. The day before? No. The day before? No. I go. It sounds like you used to be exactly. Yeah. And dude, her mind was like couldn't wrap. It. She's like, What the? F- what What are you telling me here? I go, Well, you used to be. Look, we're here to talk facts. Everyone right here, us right here, we used to be. We're no longer. Yeah. yeah. And you're right. When you get to a certain point, you just no longer have to. That is not. It's what I used to do, yeah. maybe. Mm-hmm. 
you know and so yeah this is i i love this because this girl was just like what the hell just are you talking about away. away like what i go but you'll sit there and label yourself an addict over and over and over and over and over and over again why you used to be tell the truth i go do you want to tell the truth because yeah i go so then say you used to be because that's the fact. Yeah, I still think we all have those defense mechanisms, sure. you know, oh, yeah. from And I get where she's coming from. Back in the day, you know, <laughs> yeah. when we were all going through our shit. Yeah. That totally. still come up to this day and you know, I'll like catch myself and be like, What wait? No, that's not it. That's not right, you know? Yeah. And then move on from there. But, you know, they still come up and it's just trying to acknowledge those thoughts, those feelings and uh move on. Right. And I think that's for everybody yeah, in or out of for recovery. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Right? Like sure. negative self-talk, all that stuff is for anyone yeah, in this world. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. You know? We're all the same yeah. in that realm, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I hear this a lot, too. Yeah, I just, I feel like I got to date people who are in recovery. And, and I don't necessarily always believe that. Not that that's a bad thing. Obviously, no. I mean, you and your wife I, are killing yeah, it. Yeah, but I don't recommend what we did. Well, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, uh, I know. That's why I was like, okay, how's this going to go? Yeah, they'll yeah. be like, do you want to come tell your guys a story? And I'm like, nah, you don't want me to come tell that in inpatient. I yeah. promise you that because it's a well, bad idea. And, but what I hear is, the I go, well, why do you feel like you need to date someone in recovery? Like, well, they'll, they'll understand me. And I said, no, no, no. I go, you can date someone outside of recovery, but everyone understands what it feels like to be alone. Mm-hmm. To feel lonely, to feel less than, to not good enough, right? That's mm-hmm. really what that all is. You just numbed it out with drugs or alcohol. Right. This person has their own mm-hmm. numbing mechanism. It may not have been drugs or alcohol. It might have been Netflix or sleeping in or yeah. not sleeping at all. I mean, all kinds of stuff, right? Yeah. We're all the same. We all. I get you. I get you. Oh, you're an addict? Okay, but I still get you because I've been... I know what it feels like to feel lonely yeah. and less than, and I'll never make it. That's where you and I can, you know, connect. Yeah. You know, so crazy to think that those are like the main thoughts when you're going through your addiction, or yeah. you know, even now, yeah. you know, it's just the negative talks. You know, there's it's so rare. I feel like it, and this is me personally. It's so rare when, you know, I truly, truly believe, you know, the positive things. Like we're just, I feel like this world and so many people around you are just filled with so much negativity that it just drains everything and, you know, it seeps into your soul and everything and it starts to drain you and you got to be one strong mother mm, to, (laughs) to, you know, get through it. Well, you really have grown. You, you you didn't say the F word. That's amazing. I'm trying to hold back on swearing, you know, like no, I, try, I love it. I try to keep my my name dropping and whatnot away you from my daughter your... and stuff, but yeah, yeah, it still comes out no, all the time. I know. Oh, yeah. I'm just giving you a hard time. I, know. I love it. I love it. Because I do love to swear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, sometimes you have to. Oh, you know? yeah. Especially in treatment. I mean. Dude, some of the groups we had with you guys, <laughs> yeah, holy, yeah, I wish we had like video of it, right? Yeah, yeah. You guys. That'd be reality TV. It, oh, <laughs> true reality TV. I mean, I remember, I mean, Trevor and I talk about this a lot, <laughs> man. I mean, I, so I've been here at Wasatch, I mean, coming up on 10 years-ish. Maybe, yeah. Maybe, well, maybe it's nine. I don't know. Nine, 10 years, something like that. Anyway, uh, <laughs> um, 
remember when that what that that kid we were referring to later came at you in group oh yeah threw a pin at you yeah and jumped up we had to hold this guy back yeah in group oh yeah and i then, remember that yeah oh yeah were you in there <laughs> yeah I yeah so. zeb was there yeah too. we were yeah, all in there i might have came after I don't he stood yeah trevor just was poking the bear with this kid <laughs> and this kid stands up for those listening and throws a pin and i'm telling you he's like two feet away from trevor and it goes right past his head. I'm telling you, if it would have poked you, it would have took your eye out. It would have, oh, yeah. it would have stuck in your head. He threw it that hard. Yeah. And he was, he was a husky big kid. Yeah. And there, it took like five of us to hold this kid back. And good old Trevor just kept poking the bear as we're holding him. I'm like, Trevor, I'm like, shut up, dude. Yeah. He's <laughs> and he just kept poking you. and poking him and poking him. And then one time, uh, there was a female, we won't name her name, mm. uh, Stood up and walked over. Was gonna punch Trevor right in the mouth. Yeah, and we had to stop her. Yeah, <laughs> but you were really good at. I'm <laughs> just, sure. You, I'm sure just you jabbing people. Times, <laughs> yeah, did deserve it both times. Oh, he for yeah. sure did. We should have let her hit you. That's yeah, what we should have done. We should have. <laughs> Me and her still talk about that when we see each other. So do you? Yeah, she's still sober and a, and a great person. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, I guess yeah. we can say Tracy. Yeah, Tracy. Yeah, yeah. she's doing great. Yeah. I love her. Um, but that was that was. Again, videos. But all of you, um, what I love about all three of you, honestly, about when you were in treatment here, is you didn't hold back. Like, you weren't guarded, if that makes sense. I was the first time I mean, coming. Well, you are to a point, but at the same time, you would at least admit it. And you would, I don't know, you guys felt very vulnerable to me um, in that sense. And you, you guys eventually, especially, I mean, Zeb's the first time you ever processed is probably the most raw process yeah. I've ever I've yeah, ever been involved with. Yeah. We were talking about that earlier, mm -hmm. and you, we never usually see that on the very first process in front of a bunch of strangers, how you opened up. So let's talk a little bit about vulnerability and why, at least in these settings, how that's powerful and how that changes us and transforms us. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Well, vulnerability is key, because if you're not being vulnerable with yourself, you're not going to get better. And by the time I had come here, I'd kind of already hit my brink. Like, um, I never had been in treatment before. You know, I de my I didn't have insurance. I was unemployed. I detoxed in my mom's basement when I came here. Um, so I had finally just hit it. I knew how expensive this place was. Bless Mark and Jeff. They saved my life. They let me go here for free. Otherwise, I would I would have ended up at what's that oh, mental health hospital BOA and I would have left in two days, like two days. Right. Like mm -hmm. I knew that I came here, I came here for a reason and I had to work on myself. So I was just ready. I figured I was in a room full of people who have probably done worse shit than I had done or the same thing. Yeah. <coughs> so I just was ready to open up and I knew that I had to just be honest with myself or I was never going to get better. Yeah. Wow. Love that. Yeah, again, seeing you guys, um, it truly was, it was magical, it was it was crazy, it was um, heartwarming, it was hard, it was sad. I mean, all the emotions watching you guys go through what you were going through and trying to fight just this mindset of you're broken, you're an addict, you'll be a junkie the rest of your life, you know. I mean, I think the first time we, like, I mean, I think you looked at me like, what's, who's this freaking oh, yeah. clown? Yeah. I had just got here and was already <laughs> yeah. trying to leave. Yeah. You were right out here, right out, right out, out outside. 
yeah. over here just smoking and he had just the cockiest look on, and i was just like i want to smack this kid so bad but you kept me there that day mm-hmm. yeah i came out and you're the you only right reason here. i stayed and then yeah. took off from there but i was i was waiting <laughs> on my taxi were you here like 115 days after i was that? under 121 yeah. days yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. as long as it takes days. though right yeah. as long as it takes yeah. it was yeah. crazy well it took a, another time after that but that's yeah. all right well, yeah, and again, we all, how many second chances have we all had? And uh, how many of multiple, them have we had? Way multiple, more. right? Yeah, hundreds. Hundreds. Yeah. And, and again, I respected, I respected that you guys came back because that just says, okay, I, I didn't quite get what I maybe needed to get or I'm still in a bad mindset. I need to get some more schooling, if you will, and I'm, I'm willing to do that. I respect anyone that would do that. Well, There's a, no shame in coming back. It's a back. hard thing to do in itself to come back Dude, here after just, totally. after the way we railed on each other in groups and then you come back <laughs> yeah. in here and it's just like, all right, what, you know. Well, and I, Dude, I worked totally. here. I worked here That's for right, yeah. a good amount of time and then came back as a client, you know, and that yeah. was like the ultimate. Yeah. I remember calling Todd, telling him that I was going to come back and talking to Mark and Jeff and, you know, God bless them because – like Zeb, wow. they also let me come back here for free. I had no insurance. I had nothing. And Zeb and I are both products of scholarships. You know what I mean? Um, but I remember you and Mark and Gary and everybody being like, this is going to be the ultimate test of how humble you're willing to be and how vulnerable you're willing to be. Because obviously we missed something. You missed something along the way, and this is going to be your last chance to get it right. Yeah. You know, and, and this last time in treatment was the the first and last time that I actually laid everything out on the table. Yeah. And it was, that was rough. Yeah. That treatment state was rough. Rough, but beautiful at the same. Like, yeah. from my perspective, watching people go, like, share heavy things, it's a be- it's beautiful to watch. From the, It's hard, obviously, when you're going through it oh, yourself. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But it's beautiful to watch because you know that, man, heart your heart's changing. It's softening up. And it's it's just a cool thing to, to, I think to witness. Yeah, what what you said, Todd. But I think it's so awesome, especially like doing this right now. You know, seeing people that you've seen struggle and have their problems in life, and yeah. see how good they are doing. Yeah. You know, it's it's such a beautiful thing to witness with your own eyes. You know, just how vulnerable we've all been and still to this day. You know, because we wouldn't all be here right now if we sure. weren't continuing to be vulnerable. Yeah. And continuing to go down, you know, the path that we're choosing to go down. Absolutely. Well, speaking of vulnerability, I'm going to ask you guys to get a little vulnerable here. <laughs> um, Dustin, you, you, your brother um, passed about six months ago. Mm-hmm. Talk about that, if you don't mind, and, and just how that's affected you. Because there's a lot of reasons that people will use to go, well, this is too much. I'm going to go blow up my life. Yeah. I can't do this or whatever, and, and and totally understandable. And everyone goes through traumas and things like that. And I know that's this has been a really tough thing for you. Yeah. Um, do you mind sharing yeah. just kind of what happened and just what you've been going through, <coughs> and then you guys can chime yeah. in with what you think. Excuse me. Um. So back up a little bit. A week before my brother passed, he passed on May thirty first. Um, I got the call at eleven o five p.m. Um, but a week before that. Uh, one of my best friends, uh, growing up childhood, best friend, uh, I got the call when I was at work that he had overdosed and died. And 
you know, throughout mine and my wife's relationship, you know, there was always people, you know, around your circle that you grew up with that, you know, don't make it. And of course it's sad. It's, it's heartbreaking. You know, I'll shed a tear here and there, but I always told my wife, you know, if something happened to my brother, I don't know what I would do, Mm. you know? And I always would say that because he was, you know, he wasn't just my brother. He was my father figure, my best friend, my Mm. brother, you know, he was my guide pretty much in life. You know, I, I wanted to do everything that he did. And that's another reason why I got into the construction trade because my brother was an iron worker. Oh, okay. And, um, what was your brother's name? Ryan. Ryan. Ryan Grigg. Shout out to Ryan. Shout out Ryan. Um, I know he's smiling right now and he's truly happy about what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Um, but going to May 31st, um, I got the call at 11.05 p.m., and it was from my sister, and she was just screaming on the phone saying, you know, Ryan's dead, Ryan's dead, and I went into complete shock. I I couldn't talk. I, I didn't cry, but mm-hmm. I just didn't know what was truly going on, yeah. and um my little sister said we have to go tell my mom and we had to go to her house and wake her up and tell her that her firstborn child had died and oh boy um she just the second she saw me um she just dropped in my arms and you know just the pain was so much for all of us, but for her especially. Um, and yeah, I, it's, it would be so easy for me to just go numb it and not have to feel what I've been feeling for the last six months. But for one, I know my brother wouldn't be proud of me for that. Yeah. He would, He would want me to continue to keep doing what I'm doing and continue to live as though he is still here because he is still here. I've seen with my own two eyes the signs of him still being here. And, you know, I I couldn't do it to myself with all the hard work that I've put into this as well. And that's going back to giving ourselves some credit. I'm not going to throw all that away. I'm not going to do that to my wife. I'm not going to do that to my daughter. I'm not going to do that to my mom. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to do it. And um, it's it's been very, very hard. Um, you know, I wake up still every day for the last six months, and I think it was a dream. And yeah, it's almost like, is this real? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I have a AK or a AR-15 bullet that, uh, I hang in my rearview mirror and it has some of his ashes in it. Mm. And, you know, every day I'll grab it and I'll just talk to him and whatnot. Oh, cool. But <clears throat> if you guys don't mind, I'd like to sh- tell you one of the signs that I saw firsthand. Please. Yeah. So I'm the type of person that I need proof. Like I, <laughs> yeah. I, I know that there's another side, you know, I've seen the good, but like when you have someone so close to you die 
like I want to know that he's somewhere else living a you know beautiful beautiful right. life and everything and you know I was just walking me and my wife and my daughter were just walking on a trail and I was just talking to him I was like hey if you're if you're here with me show me a, a blue feather and we just kept walking went about our day and we got home and I put a show on the TV for my daughter and I was cooking and I look up and the second I look up a blue feather comes down from the TV and then two minutes after that I get a text message and it's from my brother's fiance and she said look at this blue feather I saw right outside my door damn wow and I was like holy shit yeah. like that right there I know 100% without a doubt my brother is here he is okay and yeah. that's what keeps me going and yeah. wanting to continue and not just buckle right you know wow so it's been hard but i'm trying to find the positives and yeah. everything and there is a silver lining with every situation that life throws at you wow dang thanks for sharing that yeah, yeah. it's powerful that was, i got chills when you said that that <laughs> yeah. was pretty deep dude yeah yeah <clears throat> any thoughts yeah, I mean, kudos to you, dude. That's probably the toughest thing I could think of. I have not lost anybody close to me yet, which I'm lucky for. Like, I'm thankful. But I think that would be one of the things that would probably take me close to going back over the edges, losing my... Like, I'm the older brother. So I'm the one who feels like I have to be responsible for my brothers and kind of show them, hey, I can get out of this. If you guys got into a situation like that, you get in too. Right. You could get out of it too. Um, but I don't know what I would do, so kudos to you dude because you've man. toughed it through yeah. like yeah, and i know how close you and ryan were you know yeah. it's it's something that i hate to see you go through and anyone go through but i think you've done an incredible job you know trying man that's all we can do really right is just yeah. try and keep going Let's try to do better yeah yeah live every day better than you did the day before yeah so trevor i'm gonna put you on the spot <laughs> We had one of probably one of the most incredible experiences I've ever had here at Wasatch Recovery with you and Cash and Brady. Yeah. And I I think it's worth we don't have to go into every right, detail right. of it, but do you mind sharing your perspective of that that experience and kind of what was going on and just kind of paint the picture for us a little bit is that all right? Yeah. Um I don't remember the details fully to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. Um I know you do. Um but I remember the scenario and the situation and what happened. Um, well, I can say this. Brady was being picked on by you and Cash. Yeah, yeah. And Brady um, was in a rough spot. And, and, and Brady would, would invite it as well. So it's not but, – but you and Trevor had – or excuse me, you and Cash had such a presence at the time in recovery, meaning like the house kind of looked up to you guys – they followed your lead. If you guys were screwing around, then the whole house was screwing around. If you guys were doing good, the house would do good. And I I saw this dynamic going on and you guys just clashing with Brady all the time, poking at him, all the stuff. And I finally was like, what do I do to change this up? Yeah. So that yeah. kind of set the stage. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, so I remember it was early too. It was early in the morning mm -hmm. and – um, you called me cash and Brady into your office and 
you had a video for us to watch. And we sat there together and none of us wanted to be there. Yeah. You know, and I'm pretty sure Brady tried to get up and leave a couple of times. Yeah. And you were like, oh, yeah. just sit your ass down and let's get through yeah, this. Yeah, let's right? just sit here. And I still remember the video to this day, but I remember sitting there watching it and you said, I want you guys to basically shut up and not say a word. Just watch this. You guys don't have to talk to each other right yet. Just watch yeah. this. And we sat there and watched the video. And I, and I, it, I think I'm remembering right that when by the end of the video, we were all in tears. We were oh, all in tears. The whole room was crying. Yeah, the, the whole room was crying. And it was like that battle that we had been fighting for weeks and weeks and weeks just collapsed right there. And I remember we all stood up, hugged each other, and apologized. And it was from that point on, yeah. we weren't best friends, right? Yeah. But there were never issues. Yeah. It was like all the issues that had happened prior were completely wiped away. Yeah. It was like this, if you will, for lack of a better word, but what's what it was is there was hatred amongst you three, if you will. And then left that room and that room was filled with love. I I don't even know how to explain it to people like who are listening. It's like, it was one of, it was a God moment. It was because this video was about this girl that was being picked on at school. Yeah. And, and and what she went through and what was going through her mind and the sadness this poor girl is going through, which really represented Brady yeah, yep. in this. And then the other kids that were bullying her represented you and Cash. Yep. But it put it in such a perspective of, oh, man, this is what's going on. And to see you three stand up, everyone's crying, and you guys hug it out and say, we're sorry. Yeah. And to see what it did for Brady and for you two and yeah. for me to witness it. Yeah. <laughs> But it was one of the, it was, it was a truly God moment. I mean, I felt inspired to go, I got to get these three in here to show them this. And I did. I said, you guys shut up yeah. and just listen to watch this, you know, and then we'll see what happens. Out. I didn't have to say anything even after they stood up and hugged and said, we're so sorry. It was like, silent. it was silent for a good 30 seconds Dude. and shout out to my boy cash, but he, uh, yeah. he broke, he's going to break in that silence, you know, yeah. and, but we, uh, yeah, I remember that. I think. That forever changed my life and changed, I'm sure, Cash and Brady's life too. You yeah. know, it changed my life. Yeah, to witness that and and I share that story all the time, dude. Yeah. Seriously, and there's been times where I've showed that same video to the entire group because the whole group wasn't getting along, <laughs> and it's just it's just crazy tears, tears. Yeah. and and I think deep down every one of us, especially when we're going through our addictions and stuff, we we have so much built up hatred whether it's towards ourselves or other people and we feel justified in it and and when that that wall can come down that's when our hearts just start to kind of open up and they heal and that kind of thing yeah i just still think it's such a hard thing to do even now to let that guard down right you know yeah Uh, it's something that (laughs) i know we're all going to be working on you know till the day we die yeah you know we're always gonna feel like is this enough or trying to reach that next pinnacle Uh and you know, eventually we'll get there. Yeah. I mean, I think we've all found at least one person that we're willing to lower that guard down and open up to. Right. And that's our wives, you know, and we have that one person we can rely on. That's one more than we had than the day we walked into this treatment. hundred percent. That's true. hundred percent. Yeah. The crowd shout out to all the wives. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. Shout out to the wives. Right. (laughs) For sticking through all the bullshit. Yeah. For sure. And you know, we've already kind of talked about it, Zeb, when you, 
opened up that very first group. Again, very rare. I've been doing this for 30 years. Powerful, man. I rarely see someone yeah. on day one get in front of a bunch of strangers and pour out their soul with all the, the stuff um, that you shared. And we don't need to have you share all those so details. so wild. Because <laughs> Zeb just unloaded his entire yeah. life story. And Everybody like, else is beating shit. around the bush. Yeah. And Zeb's yeah. like, Everyone's going, here's all of it. <laughs> I was like, going, what is going on here? And, and you were emotional. You were yeah. crying. You know, That was raw. To yeah. see you do that, dude, was like a moment for me going, wow, who is this dude? Yeah. And I knew right then you were in it to win it. Yep. Like yeah. that, that, that tells me. This guy wants to change. He doesn't care what anyone thinks, but I'm going to be real with you, and here's what I've done in my life. I Man, that was one of the best moments as well. Well, and he in, set in the truth. tone moving forward. Yeah, right? We For had a everybody. little ticky-tack bullshit groups prior to that, and then Zeb came in and just dropped that bomb, and from then yeah, on, everybody true. was like trying to out- vulnerable Zeb. <laughs> you know what I that mean? shit wasn't working like, he just he just said it right there yeah are you guys good on time yeah okay all right just making sure yeah this is good stuff i mean we came in and we joked about <clears throat> how groups are weak now and stuff like that like coming around here mm -hmm. like i don't think i would have made it without those groups the groups that we had collectively I mean, because we got so close as a house that we just called each other straight out on our bullshit every time. Like, we knew each other so well, we could tell when someone was bullshitting to get out of group. And I just don't think I would have made it without that, with those groups. Like, Yeah, and what I saw, you three, uh, what I saw about you guys is, yeah, maybe, you, you know, you mentioned, Dustin, you were a little guarded at first. That's pretty typical oh, and, yeah. and understandable. Yeah. That's why this was so shocking exact, when you did that. Exactly. But I, I'd be guarded, too. Yeah. Um, but you guys ended up being leaders. And that's all three of you. You and I think that's why you're here today. Like you turned into leaders because you finally started doing the right things in treatment. Like you started following the rules. You started holding people accountable. You 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 would call people out when they weren't doing what they should. I just want you to know, I from my perspective, that's why I think you're sitting here today, because you decided in treatment that I'm going to be a leader and I'm going to start doing the right thing for the right reasons. Well, I think also, yeah, exactly that. You know, I think before, at least for me, before drugs and alcohol got involved, I think we all were leaders, yeah. you know, and then drugs and alcohol got involved and we decided to be a follower yeah. because it felt comfortable for mm -hmm. us yeah. and that mm -hmm. was the new norm. And then once we got clean, you know, it's it feels so good to be back over that wall and being that that leader again. Uh, for our wives, our or our family, and everything like that, it just going from here to there, you know, it's yeah. like I don't even want to go back to that, you know. Yeah. No. But both it, of you were leaders in the addiction world too, you know, and oh, I think include myself, yeah. right? Like, we just I, I remember my mom saying at one point during my addiction, she's like, I always knew you were a leader. I always knew that you had the power to sway people and, you know, get people to, to follow. Sure. Right. She's like, but it's either good or bad. And she's yeah. like, when you're in your addiction, you're leading everybody straight to hell. Right. right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And that's dude. It. So dude, you Trevor, that's so perfect on you. You have such a power about you and you are good at that. And sometimes it was for the wrong reasons and leading people the wrong way. Yeah. 
you, I, I noticed that about you when I first met you. I'm like, man, this guy can really influence people for the bad. A cult leader type stuff. Yeah. yeah. No, no, I'm, not, I'm not kidding you. Yeah. Like, we laugh about it a little bit, yeah. but truly, but to see you flip that and go, no, I'm going to use that, if you will, superpower for good and to lead people maybe in a different direction, which you're obviously doing, which is yeah. really cool. Yeah. yeah. I always say, like, yeah. like, when people first get here, they're, they, they feel weak. They feel... You know, just like they're just they're playing drained. small and drained. Yeah. But I look at them and said, "No, no, no, you're strong as hell." Mm -hmm. Look, being a being a drug addict is hard. Being clean is hard. Choose your hard. Yeah, you it's, all, it's it's hard to be. You a drug always addict. used to say that, yep. right? Yeah. But think about it. It's hard to go find drugs. It's hard to go find money. It's hard to lie to your family. It's hard to hide shit. It's hard to you. You guys, you're tough as hell. We made that yeah. look so simple. Yeah, though. but yeah. you were doing it in the wrong direction. Yeah. yeah, all you had to do is shift that power over in this direction into the positive, and that's why. Because again, I always laugh when I'm like, oh, "I'm just weak." No, you're not. You're strong as hell, and they just look at me like, "What?" No, look what you're doing. That's hard, but this is hard too. So which hard do you want? Like you get a pick, and right now, yeah, it seems easy because you've been doing this for a long time. But anyway, it's simple, yeah. Yeah. simple, simple and powerful. Yeah, right? absolutely. <laughs> Gosh, I love doing this. This is yeah, amazing. Good stuff. Like, yeah, the vibe in this room right now and yeah. the connection we're feeling. I appreciate again. each and every one of you right now. Yeah, like, always have. But yeah, you know, it's it's amazing to get. To well, do it's this. funny. It's been so long since we've been together, but yet it feels like we never left. Yeah, yeah. here we are for sure. Here. Mm -hmm. We're having our own little process group. Look how grown up we all are. I know. That's a crazy it's been thing. Ten years, bro. Ten years. I know. Yeah, that's we crazy. all are grown up too. Wow. Yeah, yeah. that's that's my. It just mind. makes me so proud that I went through all this with you guys, mm -hmm. and to come back ten years later, ten years, mm -hmm. and here we are sitting down talking yeah. about life like right. we never yeah. left. Yeah, there's there's a a popular um, saying right now, and I say it a lot. And it, I think it originated, honestly, from James Allen back in the early 1900s. And then Jim Carrey made it a lot more popular because he's so famous, um, is life happens for you. And and you think about it, like you just said, you're so grateful for going through all this, mm -hmm. Dustin. And I am too. Like, I this what this is what blows my mind. When I really kind of contemplate, I, I took my first drink at 11 years old. I was 11. I should be playing with like G.I. Joe. Yeah. So 11 years. Now, that opened up the door to, to my, my hell, mm -hmm. if you will. Didn't know it at the time. Um, and that led to just my addiction, losing a scholarship, all this stuff, you know, back and forth. Should be dead too. But I'm grateful for it. And it actually happened for me. And it happened for this moment. Like, think about it. Had I not had that drink at 11, we wouldn't be sitting here this very moment. Exactly. Yeah. And same with your story, Trevor, and yours, Zeb, and yours, Dustin. Had you not gone through what you went through, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be here, we wouldn't be here yeah. today. So, did, therefore, it happened for us. Because people who are going to listen to this episode are going to gain something from this. I mean... I don't, I don't say this lightly and I don't say it arrogantly either that this could save someone's life mm -hmm. because if you three, and, and I'll put me in there too, if we, if we can change our lives and get through this, I mean, anyone, anyone can, can do it. Right. Yeah. But oh, yeah. do you think it happened? Do you see how, do yeah. you agree with that statement? Like it happens for us? Yes. You know, 100%. I don't know about you guys like pulling up here. 
I kind of reminisced on being 24 year old Zeb when I walked into this place and I remember my mentality when I was there and I thought I was going to be dead in like three years. If you would have asked me where I was headed, death. And now I just sit and reflect. And I remember like we, I remember I was the type like, yeah, I would get vulnerable and tell the truth. But when I'd hear other people talk and I would always just be like, man, shut the fuck up. Like when like people would come talk to us who were like 10 years down the road, like, and I just remember like, wouldn't even take it as a grain of salt. And I'm like, whatever, dude, like, you don't know and now me. I'm here. Yeah. I'm now I'm that guy. Ten years later, <laughs> and I literally owe everything to come in here and the work I did because I wouldn't have Haley. I wouldn't have Zia. I probably wouldn't have my mom and my brothers because who knows where I would have ended up if yeah. I didn't come in here and put the work in. Yeah. And or you might or you might be six feet under. You wouldn't. Yeah. Even, right. Wouldn't even have the. Yeah. Exactly. And it's just like a the self reflect I have every time I come here. It's just it's powerful. Like. Yeah. Dang. This place changes That's, people. It know? does. And it's God's timing that we were all in here together and the whole group that we're with, right? right. I think something, and I and Wasatch may not do this anymore, but when we came through, I think one of the coolest things is, you know, being going to numerous treatment centers. I've seen different approaches to sure, yeah. therapy, all that yeah. stuff. Wasatch, like, we ran the group. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't go in a group and have somebody standing at a whiteboard. This is how your brain works. This is why it's a <laughs> disease and all that other stuff that would come across it. Right. But yeah. they would go in and just say, who has shit today? Who, who, who needs to process something? And then it would turn into me saying something, Zeb pitching in, Dustin pitching in, and then it turned into an entire group, group effort, healing each other together. Yeah. And instead of a therapist sitting there trying to heal 20 people, it was 20 people trying to heal each, each other, other and yeah. help each other. It was beautiful to see and be a part of for sure. Yeah. We had a young house too. Yeah. It, that had to have been like age wise, the youngest house in Wasatch yeah. history. It was. Yeah. yeah. I don't think we had anyone over 28, 28, maybe. maybe. Yeah. It was, I was a young crowd. But again, that's what I'm saying. You guys led the charge in that, which was awesome. Like I, anyone, I mean, it's hard. We can't speak to anyone right now who's in treatment, man. But if they could get, if you start becoming a leader in treatment, you'll typically take that on when you leave. And that's what you guys did, right? How you do anything is how you do everything. If you half-ass treatment, you're going to half-ass your life. If you break rules in treatment, you're just going to keep breaking rules when you leave. You know what? You know what's interesting from doing this for so many years now, and I, it's not a hundred percent, but it's pretty close. I've noticed that people who break the rules in treatment, and you know, some of the rules seem silly, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, go out and relapse. The ones that follow the rules in treatment, like they fall, even the ones that are like, "Oh, that's a dumb rule, but I'm following it because that's what they tell me to do." They don't relapse. Now, I know it's not 100%, right, for but sure. I think it's close. What do you guys think about that? Yeah. I I mean, I think that's the way it's designed, you know? Yeah, like, totally. You need to follow rules out there in the real life, you know? <laughs> so why not follow them here? And when you follow them in a place where you're trying to be, trying to get your life back together, you know? Um, I just think it's just the way that it's set up to make you succeed. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I mean, I think they, some of the rules, right? Like the rules that we don't understand that we don't like, yeah. they're put there for that reason, right? For sure. They're just to test you, to build you, you know, weekends here are intentionally boring because life's boring, yeah. you know, and they try and teach you to work through that and navigate it and find ways to, to entertain yourself. But I will say that you and I have a mutual client who 
had to come back through here mm -hmm. and um yeah, yeah he called me from here one day a few months back and was like i said how are you doing he said i'm doing the best i've ever done and i was like that's awesome he said i'm not even vaping in my room and i said really he said yeah he said todd told me even the little rules to follow it and i'll and i'll continue forward and i'll be able to stay sober so i'm not even vaping in my room and i was like just that little thing was so powerful because yeah you know He's still struggled a little bit since then, sure. obviously, but he's done better than he ever did before, and that he was following the simple rules. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. It's 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 a it's integrity is what it comes down to. Yeah. Comes down to are you gonna do the right thing when no one's looking? Mm -hmm. So that's been our problems when we we're in our active addiction. We were always really sneaking shady behind the scenes, right? We weren't doing the right thing when no one was looking. No one's looking. Oh, well, I'm gonna go do all this bad stuff. I wasn't. No, doing no one's right gonna know. <laughs> But the moment we so we're by ourselves, we go, I'm not doing that, and there's no one there to cheer us on. Yeah. Kind of like when you know Amanda didn't get the the yeah. four year. Hey, good job. Yeah. Like where is it? Like you, we don't. If when you don't need that anymore, yeah, man, you know you're like okay, you my life it. truly has changed. Yeah, yeah, you know that kind of thing. So, I man, I think I, I want to ask another maybe maybe a last question to each one of you. Okay, and. Obviously, this is a heavy one. Um, we'll start with you, Dustin, okay? Mm -hmm. Here's the question. If there's someone listening to us right now, they've been listening to this whole episode, and here we are getting close to the end, and they're struggling. They're in a dark place. They feel like they can't make it. Mm -hmm. What would you tell that one person right now? So the first thing that just came to my head, and I'm going to butcher this quote, but... That's all right. Um, it's, I believe the fox, the boy, the horse and the mole and the, the horse goes through a forest and the little boy is coming through the forest and the, the little boy saying, I can't make it through. And the horse turns back and says, well, can you see your next step? And the boy says, yeah. And the horse says, well, just take that. So just one step at a time don't look for the home run ball or anything mm -hmm. don't look months years down the way just take that first initial step and just keep doing that day after day just start with one day though here the now the present wow love it beautifully said thank you thanks man zeb what would you say he's always been that way <laughs> yeah, I gotta follow it. Yeah, um, good luck following that one. I mean, just going back to what I said, like just when I used to sit and laugh at those dudes that came and talked to me and would tell me how life would be great down the road, it really does get better. Like, and I'm living it right now, and I and I believe it wholeheartedly now. Like, it gets better if you if you want to just get vulnerable with yourself and work through your shit, it will get better. And you will know how to guide yourself from then on. Like, you know, Todd, we've talked like before, like everyone, like all of three of us, they told us we had like a 1% chance of not coming back. And I held that so hard, like the first four years. I remember thinking in my head, and you were talking about how you never see Julie. I think I said, fuck Julie, 
like seven times a year when I, and I just because she, and I know she did it to motivate me now like gr- the grown up in me for sure doesn't take it as an insult anymore but that motivated me to stay sober <laughs> more than anything I think and it's weird yeah. like that yeah. that's what clicked but yeah. it, I don't know it's kind of off the, but it gets it gets better like that's all I can say yeah great thanks um, Trevor what would you say to that um, person struggling don't overcomplicate it you know, I think the basis of this episode, if you've listened this far, is it's it really is a simple solution. It's just a matter of doing it. Um, I think a lot of people, you know, think that there's no possible way that they can make it out of where they're at. And I think for me, I had somebody tell me early on that, um, you know, it doesn't matter how how lost you are or how bad you've messed up your parents are waiting for you at home. Right. Mm, Yeah. And, and there's somebody, whether it's your parents, loved one, friend, family, there's somebody waiting for you to come back out of that and they're willing to help you. You just have to take that first step and be willing to help yourself. That's really it. Yeah. Again, beautifully said, because I promise you there is someone listening right now who's struggling. Promise you. Mm -hmm. You can do it though. And your words will save someone's life. I really believe that. And if you are listening to this and you're in a dark place, you know, I, I, I had a client in house one, um, say this, it was probably about almost a year and a half ago now. Well, maybe it's been about a year, but, um, he, I was at, I was having everyone stand up and I go say something that's on your heart today. Just what is it? I, I don't know. I was just winging in this kind of group, you know, those are the best and, groups. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this guy stands up and says this and I, fell out of my chair and I was like holy cow and I, I'm like I'm stealing that from you I'm gonna put it to my memory because this is what it's all about and here's what he said <clears throat> I tried to find myself myself I could not see I tried to find my God my God eluded me I tried to find my brother I found all three and I thought wow damn I'm like that's where it's at I think sometimes when we're struggling, maybe most of the time when we're struggling, we we don't think about stepping outside of ourselves to make someone's day or to help someone. It you know, it's like the disease of me. You know, it's all about me now. And I get it because it's hard when you're in that mindset, and you might be in that. Whoever's listening to this right now, but if you can get out of yourself, even if you held the door for someone and paid them a compliment, hey, have a good day. Hey, love your shirt. You know, something genuine, simple little contact like that can can save your life. I have clients where I have them go to their schools and hold the door before school starts for 15 minutes, and it saves their life. Mm-hmm. And what are they doing? They're finding their brother and sister every time they walk through the door. Hey, you look great today. Love your shoes. Hey, your hair looks great today. Simple little thing like that. And if, if you're that person right now who's struggling, I'm, I challenge you, go hold a door for someone. It might seem weird. It might seem kooky. I promise you, it will brighten your day. It will make a difference. Also, make your bed every morning. Yeah. yeah. You know, you guys, <laughs> I still do that to this day, and I still get mad at my wife when she doesn't do it when I leave for work <laughs> and I come home and the bed's not made. Like, honey, you know, be making you that guys bed. told us no matter how shitty of a day you have, if you make your bed in the morning mm-hmm. and you come back into your room, your bed will be made and at least one thing was right. Yeah. You know? The psychology of seeing a made bed yes. after even a tough day. Yes. 
what it does to you is is it actually boosts you up a little bit and i still do that to this yeah. day i cannot not make my bed i didn't believe it till i tried it right you know <laughs> right. what i mean i was like all right yeah all right I'll but make it does bed. yeah it's yeah, like i don't make my bed i don't know <laughs> i don't get the analogy Zeb's like i don't even sleep in a bed i'm on the floor yeah. <laughs> uh, no I, Haley makes a bed for me too but i'm just i'm just i've never He's got that so analogy bad. too but yeah maybe i'll have to try it Zeb, yeah. come on dude 10, 10 years, years dude YouTube. yeah 10 years try it bro dude, <laughs> my bed finally. We're, we're calling you out zeb make your bed here because I had to listen to everyone bitch at seven. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, no good stuff, guys. Um, this has been great. Um, we could talk for hours and hours, but we got lives. We got to get back to our wives and kids and in life. But uh, I can't thank you guys enough. Um, you mean the world to me, every one of you. Right back at you, like Todd. truly. Yes. You, you. I don't. We're not different. Like. I, and I didn't even look at you differently, even when you were in treatment. I was like, man, I'm, we're we're the same. We're both we're we're clean this very moment. We're doing our best to be honest and have integrity and be accountable. We're doing our best to help other people. We're we're the exact same. We're no different. I may at the time have been further down the road than you guys of being clean. That's it. That was the only difference between us. That is it. And I I hope you guys felt that from me. Um, and I just how much I love you guys and, and respect you and so glad you're doing well and sorry uh, that Ryan's no longer here Thank but you. he is here he like is you here. said he is and I love that and that story was amazing but know that we have each other's backs if you need anything I'm here for you and always um, I, I want to do one last thing if if someone wanted to reach out to you guys who's listening to this, is that cool if they reached out to you? 100%. So, so Trevor, uh, what's the best way for someone to reach out to you? And then even if they need help for treatment, where how would they get a hold of you at Wasatch Crest? Um, yeah, you can just call me on my work cell, 801-879-9886. Um, and I work with all the other facilities that are local um, from Ogden down to St. George. So if we're not the yeah. right fit, I can help get you in somewhere else. Yeah, that's what I love about that is we help network with each other yeah. and we help each other out. And hey, if we're not a fit, we'll send them to Wasatch Crest or yep. we'll send them here or there. So it's a tight knit group. Yeah, tight knit group. Thanks, man. Absolutely. How about you, Zeb? Uh, easiest, only social media platform I have is probably Instagram, and it's just Zeb has in the twenty four, and that that's probably the easiest way to get in touch with me. Right on. Is it twenty four for it's Kobe. Kobe? My sobriety date is actually oh eight twenty four too, so I was nice. holding on. Yeah, and Zeb yeah. used to post pictures of Kobe for each sobriety date holding up his rings that yep. he won. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Second greatest player of all time. Yep. There's no debate. <laughs> I mean I I know Jordan I know Jordan's the best. He's my favorite athlete, I'm but I wasn't old enough. I watched genuinely gotta watch Kobe's whole career. I know. Yeah. I'm I uh, yeah, I'm just about that. Yeah, he's like, Okay, what do I do? Do I hit Todd or do I uh Yeah. <laughs> okay, thanks, Steph. Yep. How about you, Dustin? how how would someone get a hold of you if they wanna reach out to you? Uh you can always email me. Um Dustin Grigg, D-U-S-T-I-N-G-R-I-G-G, 91 at Gmail. Or you can just follow me on my Instagram. Um, just my name. Uh, my title is The Griggles. So. Nice. The Griggles. Yeah. So. <laughs> nice. Reach out. Yeah. We're always here to yeah. help, to listen, to guide, whatever yeah. you guys need. You guys are living proof that you we can overcome anything, honestly. Like it's amazing. 
I, I, I often believe people are astonishing. You guys are astonishing. Like, I know that's a big word, but I, I really believe that. I look at people sometimes and go, man, people are just astonishing. You guys should not be here. You shouldn't be here, but you are. You know what I mean? You should not be here. I'm, I'm going to speak on behalf of all of us, but I hope you know that we're all a product of you. Yep. Right. 100%. The people that I look at that have come through Wasatch that have, you know, long-term recovery or whatever you want to call it are products of Todd Sylvester. And everything that I do in my life is you know, is trying to mimic the things that you taught us and utilize the things you taught us. So we're miracles and, and we're alive right now, but a lot of that is because of you. And I know you're going to say you did the work and all the mm-hmm. other stuff, but we wouldn't have been able to do the work without you. So yeah, you yep. guiding us. Thank you. Yeah. Thank forging you. that path. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Thank you. Um, I appreciate that. Um, we're all standing on the shoulders of giants. That's why we're here. I'm standing on shoulders of giants of people who got helped me get to where I'm at. And and you're a part of that too as well. I mean, I learned just from you guys as well. But I appreciate the kind words, Trevor, but I also learned a ton from you guys. And I still do, you know, and and I love your passion, Dustin. <laughs> this guy this guy I love it, man. This guy just I love it. And and I just, you know, Zeb, you know, I've always looked up to you. Obviously, you know, I trust, I trust you. I mean, I bought a car from you because right, I yeah. love you and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and Trevor, dude, I, I, I have clients come through here that they're like, oh yeah, this guy's my mentor and they're talking, talking. I'm like, well, who's your mentor? It's Trevor. And I'm like, oh wow. You know, so you're doing a lot of good out there, man. It's really cool Thank to you. see. Thank you. Yeah, I hope you know that. And shout out to your wives yeah, <laughs> for putting right. up with you um, hooligans. Yeah. <laughs> God bless them. But they're lucky also to have you. So anyway. Thanks for being here, guys. Thank, thank you, you for having so us. much. Yeah, thank this you. Was, this was awesome. Yeah. So there you go, folks. Thanks for tuning in, man. This was this was beautiful. Hope you felt the love and the and the spirit of this whole conversation. If you have a son or a daughter or a loved one who's struggling, please share this episode with them. A lot of times we struggle on how do we approach someone who's struggling. Send them the link to this episode, and it'll break the ice, and you can follow back up with them and ask them what did they think. And, and it'll open up a conversation. So please share it with them. Thank you for all your support. Again, shout out to my sponsors. I love you guys. Thank you for believing in me. And for all of you tuning in week after week, you know, please subscribe, like, and share for, with other people. That means a lot because the more we can get people hearing these, the more lives that we can touch. Love you guys. Till next time, all right? Take care. <laughs>